Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good morning everybody. I like the smiling faces looking back. So, um, I'm a guy that likes to tell stories. So, pretty much that is where um, what I'm going to share with you has come from. It's come from a story. So, you guys can just come along the journey with me. Um, I'm going to be speaking about overcoming fear for the sake of the bride. And um, you'll understand the story for that just now. But um, yesterday was quite interesting. There's another picture that I kind of got. Um, my wife and I, we like to just do adventurous stuff. Sometimes literally go onto Google and search hidden beaches and go and search for them. Just fun stuff. So we did that yesterday. We ended up in Simon's Town and we found this hidden gem somewhere. It was amazing. Spent a bit of time on the beach. And then driving back, on our way back, there's something quite interesting. We're driving up one of the roads and um, a couple cars stopped. So I was like, why the heck are they stopping? So I obviously have to stop behind them. I'm like, this is weird. And out the corner of my eye, I see slithering across the road a black mamba. And I was like, ah, that's why they're stopping. And they're all taking pictures. Now, at the same time as this black mamba is slithering across the road, there's this group of young African girls walking down the road. Now, they aren't looking at the snake. They're looking at the same thing I was looking at. Why are the people stopping? And they're walking. And eventually, they also realize why the people are stopping. And they see the snake slither past them. And obviously, they're like, whoo! And they quickly like, ran away. And it was quite interesting. But this thought came into my mind is that it was such a great picture of us as Christians, I believe. We so focus sometimes on other people's lives and we're watching other people and wondering why they're stopping, why they're doing things, that fear surprises us. And then we get caught off guard because we're busy looking at other people's lives. Instead of actually going, actually, I need to deal with my stuff. Actually, I need to focus on my walk so that when fear does come, I know how to overcome it. And then I can help other people overcome as well. So that was just like a a picture God gave me yesterday, which kind of just confirmed what I'm going to be sharing. So... Kelly and I have been living in Cape Town in January will be two years. Very stoked. Literally by God's grace, because he is just that good. And um, maybe it's a little bit of a shaming moment, but we only managed to hike up Lion's Head beginning of this year. So for the first year, yes, I know. For the first year of us living here, we haven't been able to do it. Um, many reasons, one of those being my wife is quite afraid of heights. So we put it off and put it off, and as much as everybody was like, oh, it's an easy hike, I've learned in Cape Town, when people say, no, we are also unfit, they are lying, <laughs> because they leave you behind while they run up lion's head, and when they say, no, we're also afraid of heights, they are also lying, because they are taking pictures at the edge of lion's head. So that taught us a few things as well. But um, we managed to hike up Lion's Head, and there was quite—it was an incident that happened. It was quite eye-opening for myself. But going up was fine. Coming down, we took the wrong path, and instead of going around where the chains were, we went directly for them. 
for those of you that are hiked up lions here, the change is quite daunting. To someone that has a fear of heights, it's even more daunting. So we got to the chains at the same time where there was a line of people wanting to go down and there was a line of people wanting to come up. So obviously now we can't turn around and everybody's watching us. So I said to Kelly, I said, cool, I'll go down first, you follow. And she was like, cool. I started going down, halfway down. She started following. She stopped, gripped by fear, burst into tears, and was just like, I, I can't do this. So I climbed up to where she was. And I said, we're going to do this together. So we started climbing down together. It was myself, my bride, and the mountain. And we eventually worked our way down. People were cheering us on and encouraging us. And eventually we got to the bottom, and she was safe. What I didn't tell her was that during the process, I was petrified. (laughs) Because I was also sitting going, this is good. I have your life in my hands. If we fall, I can't stop you from falling because I'm falling with you. We're going to be injured. So I was afraid. But in that very instance, I had to overcome my fear for the sake of my bride. Because I realized that I need her to be down there safely. And the only way that I can allow her to get out of this fear and this place where she can't move is if I overcome my fear so she can overcome hers. And that is where I had this picture of overcoming our fear for the sake of the bride. So there's three points I'm going to be sharing on this. And it's fear, faith, and love. And the first one, obviously, uh, fear. And... um, while I was thinking about this picture and I was sharing this uh, revelation with my wife, God dropped an instance in the Bible where someone had to overcome fear for the sake of the bride. And he took me to Mark 14, verse 32 to 42. Don't worry, Andrew, you don't have it. Ah, any time. This is what it says, 14, verse 32 to 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply, to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So, God took me to this picture of Jesus in Gethsemane. And normally when I've heard heard the scripture being taught on so many times, preached on, I've heard it read, and for some weird reason in my mind, I just picture Jesus as like, you know, superhero type. So I thought he went to get seven, he prayed once, and then he was like, okay, cool, obviously it's your will, God, so I'm just going to go and do this thing. But he actually went three times to go and pray the same prayer. 
So I had this picture of Jesus, even to the point of sweating blood. He, he was afraid. He said, God, take this from me, but not my will, but your will be done. And in this very instance, Jesus had to overcome his fear for the sake of his bride. Because he knew that his bride was going to overcome. He could see his bride overcoming. He could see that the bride was going to be beautiful. And he had to overcome his fear right now just so he could overcome for the bride. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, I think that's on there. There we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So, overcoming our fear for the sake of the bride, I realized when I I was reading Hebrews 12 that Jesus overcame his fear because he saw the joy set before him, not the cross. The cross wasn't very joyful. I don't know about you guys. But when I go through a fearful moment, it's not very joyful. When my wife was trying to climb down the mountain, she wasn't smiling and laughing at everybody else and going, this is fun. It was a terrifying experience. But the joy for me going up to get her was not we doing this. I was petrified. But I overcame the fear because I knew the joy of the victorious moment it would be when we were down at the bottom. I knew what smile would be on her face. I knew how she would remember and how we would celebrate together with friends at the bottom. So because of that joy, I could overcome my fear for the sake of my bride. And in the same way, Jesus goes, he overcame his fear for the sake of his bride because of the joy set before him of knowing the salvations that would take place in Millington Life Changes. Of knowing the, the people that would be set free in this church. He saw that joy and he overcame his fear for our sake. There's three things that stood out in this this verse alone for me. The one was, in the beginning it says, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Now when we were going down the chains, there were people above us and people below us that were cheering us on. They were encouraging us. They were helping us to overcome this fear. I think we've got to realize that we need to be open with our fears. Because it's pointless just trying to hold it in here. We've got to find people that we can surround ourselves with, that we can actually be transparent with about our fears. Because once that thing is brought into the light, what power does it have over you anymore? So we've got to be surrounded by people that can encourage us, that can help us with our fears. The second, Jesus saw the joy set before him. As I said, the joy of celebrating with my wife at the bottom, being amped and stoked, and she did. She had a new, like, I don't know, it was this laugh in her step when we started walking down. She was thought she could take over the world. It was quite fun. She was like jumping from rock to rock on Lion's Head after that. Everyone was like, what are you doing? (laughs) But it was because she overcame this thing. That there was such joy. And that's what helps overcome the fear. The third, it says that he endured and overcame his fear for our sake, so we will not grow weary and we will not be heavy. So he has overcome 
so that your fear right now doesn't have to feel heavy and wearisome because He has already done it. He has overcome, so your fear can be overcome as well. So the same thing with my wife is we climbed it, we hiked down this chain, she's overcome that fear. That means the next time we go up Lion's Head again, I can remind her that she has already overcome. So we can do it again because you've already done it. And that's the same with Jesus. Any fear, any obstacle that walks in our way, that steps in our way, we go, no. He has already overcome. So I will overcome. So I can take this fear on because he has already overcome. Um, I was looking at the, the disciples. Now, I'm really glad that Jesus is Jesus and it wasn't me. Because if I came back after praying and my disciples were sleeping, I would have been so bleak. And after the second time they were still sleeping, I probably would have walked away. But Jesus actually overcame his fear for them as well. He saw them, and even in their sleeping, they're not prepared for what was to come, he still overcame for them. And I don't know about you guys, but I, sometimes I lose patience when it comes to people. But I've actually got to realize, actually, I need to overcome that as well. Because overcoming what I fear is for that person I lose patience with too. Is actually Jesus is here for everyone. His love is here for everyone. Even that person that I lose patience with. So actually I'm overcoming for them too. Yeah, so fear, big or small. I think the, the one thing, and I'm going to get to it now. But the one thing that probably all of us are, I don't know if you guys are fearing it at the moment, but like Donald Trump. It's a household name at the moment. It's always been, but now even more so. What's going to happen with America? You know, even in our own country, our friend Jacob. What's going to happen with us in our country? You know, with the ANC, with all this political drama that's going on. Even I know that there might be people that are sitting here now looking at tertiary education and going, "What's going to happen next year with my kids? Where am I going to send them to?" Those are all fears, big or small, that we need to overcome for the sake of the bride, for the sake of the church, for the sake of us. We need to overcome those things. First way we can do this, and this is my second point, faith. And you all probably know what verse I am going to be using. Hebrews 11, verse 1, well-known verse. Faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you do not yet see. In the Amplified it says, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence... I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> we'll go with it. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. I love this part. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. I love faith as being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you cannot yet see. I think as Christians, and this is what I believe, we don't have a problem with faith. I think we have massive faith. We can pray for someone. We don't mind going and maybe talking to someone about Jesus. We have faith. I think our issue comes in the second part, our certainties. We are uncertain. We are unsure of things. We don't know where our certainties lie. So, for instance... My certainty doesn't lie in whether or not the ANC will still be in government next year. 
My certainty lies in the fact that the government is still on God's shoulders. And because my certainty lies in that, I can then activate my faith and respond in the way that I think this country should be and how I should act in my country. My certainty does not lie in the fact that I don't know where my next paycheck will come from. My certainty lies in the fact that Jesus is provider and because he is provider, I can activate faith and step out in areas that he's asked me to step out in because he will provide. So the faith is not the problem, it's our certainties. We need to be certain that he is God. He is who he says he is and he hasn't forgotten. He knows. He knows that Donald Trump is president. doesn't faze him hasn't moved him from his throne. He's still there, and the government is still on his shoulders. We need to just act in faith in a way that that we think will please him. Another thing that I was thinking of was, um, yeah. Our certainties need to lie, for instance, we believe here in Millington, we have faith, in Milnerton, that this is going to be a place where people are going to be saved, they're going to be set free, they're going to be healed, they're going to come to know the love of Jesus, they're going to come to experience joy and find Christ in this place. But maybe our certainties are that we don't want a hundred people because then it becomes a little less personal. Our certainties actually need to be in the fact that God is God. And if He chooses to make this church over 500, over 1,000, over whatever, we activate our faith in the fact that he knows what he's doing and he is God. And those things will still happen because he is who he says he is. In the second part of um, Hebrews 11, in verse 3, it says, By faith, this is also amplified, by faith, that is, with an inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God, we understand that the worlds, universe, ages, were framed and created, formed, put in order, and equipped for the intended purpose by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Now, I read, I read this verse, and there's something that I, I thought of with just that last part that says, what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And I think what happens is when we fear, for instance, financial fear, it's a massive one. What am I going to do for money? Am I secure in my finances? What am I going to do next year? We try and save and save and save and put away and maybe even be stingy with the stuff that we have instead of being generous that God calls us to. And we're afraid of this financial thing. And we fear finances and we look at other people who have had financial breakthrough. And it's not wrong, but we go, God, I want that. But when we go, God, I want that, we think it's going to be exactly the same as that. But I look at this verse, and God, it says, by the word of God, he created everything so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. So God didn't have this reference of Table Mountain and go, cool, so Table Mountain needs to look like that. He created something from nothing. But we are trying to create our freedom from something. Instead of realizing God has created God, and if he chooses to give us financial freedom, get rid of our fear in some ridiculous way that hasn't even been created yet, he can do that. Our duty is just to have faith in him. 
and to go, our certainty is in you. And God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I don't need to know because my certainty is in you knowing you will do it. That's where we get that faith to overcome our fears. That's where we can go, God, my certainty is in you. It'll happen. Cool. Because I think when we start comparing with other people and we start referencing and going, cool, I'm going to have financial breakthrough like that. When it doesn't happen like that, then we start fearing even more. Because then we start going, oh, but God, that and that and that hasn't happened. And God's going, yes, it hasn't. Because he's creator God. He doesn't need a reference point. He will overcome your fear because he has already done it. And he will show you a new way that you haven't even discovered yet. So we need to put our certainties back in who he is. So we don't have to be wavered. Our fears don't have to rise up again because our certainty is in him and who he is. Just just kind of popped into my mind again, but coming back to those young African girls walking down the road with that snake slithering past, I think if their certainty was not in other people and looking at what's going on, but their certainty was in the path that they're walking and what the goal is that they're going to do, they could have seen that snake miles away. And they would have been able to recognize it straight away and go, well, what do we need to do? So we need to actually focus on what our certainties are in Him on our journey so that we can overcome fears for the bride. Is this okay? Good, good. I'm just just checking. The third aspect um, and I want to talk about is love. 1 John 4 verse 18 to 19 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. I love that verse. It's one of my favorites. There is no fear in love. Now, One of the things that I started thinking about with there's no fear in love is actually, I think sometimes as Christians, and this is what I believe, people don't get back into church or don't come to church because of fear of how they've been treated in previous churches. I don't know how many of those guys you've come across. I've been hurt by that church. Previously, I was told this about my sin. Perfect love casts out fear because perfect love has no boundaries or limitations. Perfect love is unconditional. So when those people walk into this church, we aren't going, we will love you when. We will love you if. We will love you only if you. We are loving them irrespective. Because that perfect love will cast out every single fear that is gripping them to open themselves up to what God wants to do for them. So we need to actually let go of the fear that we might have to love unconditionally. Because maybe it is. Maybe it's a fear that grips you. that I can't love. I opened my heart up so many times before and I've been hurt. Oh, perfect love casts out all fear. So don't love the way that you love. Love the way that he loves. Because as it says there as well, we love because he first loved us. So we take from his book. We love the way that he loves. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. 
The old has gone and the new is here. I was thinking about this fearless love and what this looks like that casts out all fear. And I thought, I haven't yet been into a delivery room, so you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, people with children. But I'm pretty sure, pretty, pretty sure, there's no mom or dad that the baby has been delivered and then they go, oh, that's so sweet. We'll use him. Because I, I was practicing this with my wife and I kept saying it. And she was like, you can't say it. And I was like, okay, so we'll use him. Baby boy being born, you go, oh, he's so beautiful. He's so amazing. But we'll only love him when. We'll only love him if he gets that degree as a doctor. We'll only love him when he turns out to be that great cricket player that we really want him to be. Like, that doesn't happen. You love him because he's born, he's breathing, he's living, he's alive, first of all. And secondly, there's no background because it's a new creation. But then when we look at this verse, that's not there right now. There it is. Here we go. If anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. When people step into the church, we, we tend to look at their background, and then we give them these performances that they need to uphold to before we can love them. Instead of looking at them going, you're a new creation, the old has gone, the new has come, I don't know what your background is, and I don't need to know. I love you. Because Jesus loves you. And when we start walking in that, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that Milton life changes will not be able to hold ourselves back from loving this community. There will be nothing that we can't do. Because perfect love will cast out every bit of fear that we think that we can't do. It's, uh, it's been quite an interesting week uh, for us, just being vulnerable. Hopefully my wife's okay with it. Um, but preparing this about overcoming our fears, I'm not going to lie to you, there's been a lot of fears that have crept up this week. It's just funny how the enemy works in that way. But um, financial fears crept up. Um, we got the opportunity to go to Durban recently. I hope my wife's okay with it. But we got opportunity to go to Durban recently, came back. And, um, sorry. And as we landed and went, did grocery shopping, and uh, her, her, her mom phoned and said that her grandfather passed away. But we had the opportunity of spending a last Saturday with him. So again, fear creeps up. Fear of life, fear of death. Fear of, am, am I financially stable? Is my wife going to be safe? All those fears creep up. Um, beginning of the week, I did something to my back. I have no idea what. It's okay now. I actually got to a point where, I think it was the middle of the week, I, my wife had to help me put my shoes on. That's how much in pain I was. I burst into tears. I was trying to bend down. I couldn't move. She had to help me put my shoes on. More fear. What's wrong with you? You don't have money to go to the doctor. 
You're not getting old, so this must be something serious. Fears, again. Um, last night we also then found out one of our friends in Durban was in head-on car accident um, on a motorbike. And he's in ICU. Machines keeping him alive. More fear creeps in. And everything inside of me, when, when fear creeps in, makes me want to run. Makes me want to go, I can't do this, God. I'm out. And then I think of my Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane, overcoming his fear for the sake of me. And I think about all the fears that we've experienced this week, and I go, God, we have to overcome because Overcoming means that there's a story, there's a testimony to help somebody that can overcome. So I can overcome for the sake of your bride because my story is just a small glimpse of the majesty, the greatness that is your story. And my story mixed with his story is flipping powerful. And we need to realize that Our fears, although they are now, and they might seem like they're so hurting and they're so painful and we can't get over it, it is just temporary. But when we overcome in faith and in our absolute perfect love that casts out all fear, we overcome for the sake of the bride. We overcome for the sake of this room to be filled with broken people that need their fears to be overcome. We overcome so that others can overcome. We stand firm, we stand together, we surround ourselves with people that can encourage, that can help us overcome. That scripture's been so so real to me because I've realized that we are so afraid of being open with people. I think that's our biggest fear. We worry about what other people will think. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Because... As I said before, when we put that thing in the light, it has no power. I think we need to start bringing some of our fears to the light around people that we feel safe with, around people who can surround us, a great cloud of witnesses that can surround us, that we can put that fear in the light, deal with the thing, overcome it, and celebrate with those friends. Celebrate that our fears are overcome because we see the bigger picture of this church. We see the bigger picture of what God wants to do in this community. We see the bigger picture of what God wants to do in South Africa. So we will overcome for the sake of our bride. We will overcome for the sake of this church. I just want to, I just want to close it there and I just want to really just pray for, first of all, I just want to pray for just the faith and love aspect. I spoke about. So if you here today and you're going, God, actually, I need more faith to overcome some of the fears that I'm going through. I just need faith to rise up inside of me because my certainty is no longer in the things that I think are certain, but my certainty is in you, God. I'm going to pray for that. And if maybe you're battling with the love aspect and you're going, God, actually, and might be closer to home than you think. I've put boundaries on my children. I've put boundaries on my husband or wife. Not told them about the boundaries, but in myself, I feel like I can only love them when they live up to a certain thing. When actually that's not what will cast out fear, but perfect, unconditional love. If you're battling with that, I want to pray for that as well.
So if we can just bow our heads and if there is anyone that needs prayer for just faith and love, I'm, I'm going to ask a bold thing. If you can stand, just in declaring and going, God, actually I'm standing because I need more faith. I'm standing because I need that perfect love, that unconditional love. Those are standing, if you, if you are comfortable, if you just reach out your hands to God. Father, we just thank you that as we are standing in this place, Father, for more faith, more of the unconditional love, we thank you that we look to you, the ever-faithful Father. We look to you, the one who loves without condition, for more more of you in our lives, Jesus. I pray right now that as our hearts are open to receive, that we will receive your love, your unconditional love, so that we can love others. We receive your faithfulness, Father, so that we can just be faithful to others. That we can stir up the faith inside of us, rising up to overcome anything that stands in our way. We thank you that you are good, you are faithful, you are strong, you are victorious. And because of that, because you have overcome for our sake, we can overcome, Father. And we just thank you for, for your greatness and who you are, Jesus. And we just declare that we love you, Lord. I just also want to pray if I just stay in this moment for if there are fears that you might have, stuff that's deep inside, things that you, you're battling with, whether it is financial fear, educational fear, fear in your marriage, whatever that looks like. I want to pray for that now as well. And I also want to ask if there are people in the front, there's Quentin, there's Brett, there's Kelly, there's people in the front that will pray for, for you. If you can just come forward and ask us to stand with you in faith for those fears to be overcome. But I'm going to pray just for, for fear to just leave. Father, I thank you that you are the fearless one. I thank you that you overcame, you looked fear in the face, you overcame fear for our sake, for the sake of the cross, for the sake of this world, Father. So I thank you that when we come to you, the fearless, righteous one, we declare right now that fear will leave. In your name, Jesus, fear will leave. Because it is not of you, Jesus. We pray that your boldness, your strength, your authority would rise inside of us so that we can overcome the fear, Father. We pray that you would give us guidance, wisdom, and authority to speak over our fears and to walk in the way that you've called us to walk so that those fears will become nothing, Jesus. So we thank you right now for, for just your love over us, your faith that will rise up, and the fearlessness of our Father that lives inside of us. So we just declare right now over every single person that is here, a fearless generation, Lord Jesus. Fearless over what will happen, what will transpire in the, the economic status, in our political status. A fearless generation, Father. Because you are still God and we are so certain of that, Jesus.
For we just thank you for who you are, Jesus.